0: With spring upon us, area high school students are experiencing an annual tradition and one of the school year's highlights, prom. It's an exciting time, but along with all the pomp and pageantry this time of year brings, it also brings concern for many parents, because inside that formal suit or dress is a kid still fully capable of demonstrating risky behaviors common among their teen peers. Particular areas of concern are unsafe teen driving behaviors, including drinking and driving, texting while driving, and non-use of seatbelts. One intervention strategy that's designed to help steer teens from risky driving behaviors is Frederick Hospital Trauma Center's Forever Changed Mock Crash Program.
1: The goal is just to save one kid. If we save one kid from not having an injury or an impact for the rest of their life, that's our goal.
0: We'll learn about this program as well as a research study underway to measure its effectiveness.
2: This program has the potential to be highly impactful, but now it's about showing that there is data to support what we hope is happening because it's a big commitment from our trauma center, and it's highly resource-intensive, and we're committed to that, but again, we want to make sure that the outcomes are what we expect.
0: And later, we'll go on-site to a recent mock crash scene in our area and experience what made these students feel... Touched.
3: Surreal. Terrifying. Emotional.
0: Take a closer look into at risk and explore whether they can be forever changed for the better inside this edition of ctsi discovery radio welcome to ctsi discovery radio i'm your host brian belmer and as always i appreciate spending the next 30 minutes with you as we discover together today and on each show CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you monthly by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Children's Hospital of wisconsin Frederick Hospital, Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Zablocki VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all our member institutions in advancing biomedical research and finding new drugs, treatments, therapeutics, and interventions that are better, faster, and more economical than ever. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. National Trauma Awareness Month originated in 1988 when then-President Ronald Reagan established May as a month for focusing time and resources on increased awareness, education, and activities designed to prevent traumatic injuries. 28 years after its inception, we mark this year's National Trauma Awareness Month by focusing on a program in our area that targets teen drivers and some of the risky behaviors common among them. This local program is called Forever Changed, and it's one of Frederick Hospital's community injury prevention outreach efforts. Annette Bertelson is trauma program manager for Frederick Hospital, and given that it's both trauma awareness month and prom season, we thought it timely to learn about just what this intervention and prevention program is and how it all began. She begins by explaining that Freidert's Forever Changed Mock Crash Program began about 10 years ago when one of her team members recognized the need for educating area teens about risky driving behaviors.
1: It was started in 2007, and it was started because one of my staff members had worked as an ED nurse here for several years and had seen these high school students, 16, all the way up to 18, coming in, being involved in motor vehicle crashes, and all of them were really the result of risky behaviors. And there's a program that the Emergency Nurses Association does with high schools called End Care, which is making wise choices about the things they do when they drive, risky behaviors, those types of things. But we really felt that there was something that was needed to get the students to see what it really feels like to be involved in a crash and the aftermath of what happens. And so that's how it started, was one of my staff members had this passion for this.
0: And since 2007, Frederick's Trauma Center and Injury Prevention Outreach Team, along with the help of area EMTs, police and fire departments, and other first responders, have been staging mock crashes to drive home the devastating consequences of drinking, or texting and driving, and lack of seatbelt use.
1: To date, we have done a total of 19 schools and 35 crashes. What we try to do is target the spring and the fall when the fall is homecoming and the spring is prom, so people are outside of their normal zone acting. And so what we try to do is target those times when they could be doing more risky behavior than they probably normally would have been. And so we do them usually on a rotational basis of every other year for some schools, every three years for some schools. It depends upon the schools.
0: Later in this program, we'll share the sights and sounds of what some area students recently experienced at crash scene but ahead of that we asked Bertelsen to give us an overview of how the forever change program delivers its message
1: the program simulates a crash and we usually use their football field or their parking lot whatever the school has available we work jointly with the ems providers in that area that surround the school that would be responding to if there was a student involved. We work with the police in that area. We work with the school's guidance counselors, social workers. depends upon how the school is structured as far as counseling goes. We work with the administration of the school. And we go in and stage this mock crash. In the mock crash, we use students that the school has chosen, and we usually use at least five students. Of the students, one will die in the crash. One is usually doing risky behavior of drinking and driving and goes to jail. One will have a spinal cord injury. They're usually sitting in the back of the vehicle and didn't wear their seatbelt. One will be sitting in the front not wearing their seatbelt and they end up with a femur fracture, which is a leg fracture. One of them will get a minor brain injury so they can't function as well. Usually we have one of the other drivers, so the one is usually drunk and the other one's texting driving, because both are very bad and risky behaviors. So we kind of stage it around the students. We try to incorporate what that student is doing in high school, so if they're in sports or if they're in drama or whatever, and how it will impact them for the rest of their life, hence the title Forever Change. Because once you're involved in that, if you were the driver that hit one and then there was someone that was killed, there's survivor's guilt, which you have forever. At TBI, you have forever, which is a traumatic brain injury, a court entry that person will be paralyzed. So there are a lot of things that go along with that type of an injury that impact them for the rest of their lives. Outside of the fact that they're all involved together and they're friends and they've seen this happen to each other, that does impact them also. And then the person that goes to jail, they are forever changed also because it was their behavior that caused the death or the injuries of the other students. Sometimes we will have judges come to give ruling for their trial or their parents fees for the court fees. So the students come out and witness this crash and go through this whole thing. In the meantime, none of the student body know that this is going to happen, and they're just called out to the field, and then we stage this. We keep it all quiet because we don't want the kids to know ahead of time. We want them to have this most to real life as possible.
0: The mock crashes are typically staged in the morning. Then, later...
1: So then in the afternoon, we pull them back together, and we recap the injuries and the impact. And the parents of the dead child, they also speak. So it's quite moving, and I think it's been very well received, or these schools wouldn't have us back.
0: So what are the specific goals of the Forever Change program as an intervention or prevention strategy?
1: It's awareness, number one. We want the students to be aware of the impact that it will have when you take that risky behavior of texting while you're driving. Because if you are texting while you're driving, you're taking your eyes off the road. And that's the same as driving 50 miles an hour down the length of a football field at the same time. So when your eyes are down trying to text, that's that distance you're traveling. So we want people to be aware of what can happen in that distance around you while you're driving. The other thing is the awareness of alcohol and how it does impact us, or it also is around drugs. It can be legal drugs or illegal drugs, and that impact that it has, it changes your judgment. So those are things that we try to focus on. It hits the students, but it also hits the teachers and the parents in that community that we have presented. It to. So it does hit more adults than you think it's hitting.
0: In a minute, we'll hear about a research study that's being conducted in our community to measure the effectiveness of Forever Changed. Ahead of that, we asked Annette Bertelson what type of feedback she's received from students over the years.
1: We had some college students that had been some of our student victims. And they came back and they wanted to sit through their school's next mock crash to just see it from the other side. And all five of them said how it had impacted their life. They thought twice about when they went to a party, even in college, when they were legally able to drink. Why should I do that? Why should I take that risk? What can happen? Wearing their seatbelts, telling others to wear their seatbelt, not texting while they're driving. They personally had done this, but they also told their friends about it and others that it's not safe.
0: If you're a parent, an educator, or just a concerned citizen who wishes to have this program come to your community's high school, information, is available.
1: We have an injury prevention coordinator. Her name is Robin Idy, who is here on staff at Frederick. She is within our department, and they can contact her either by phone or they can send her an email, which would be the easiest way probably to just say they have an interest in it, and we would send out a brochure or contact them to let them know this is what we offer, this is when we can offer it, and what their
0: school's involvement is. We'll post contact information on the CTSI website along with this show. Finally, you may be wondering about the cost to have such an elaborate but impactful program staged for each school. Good news.
1: This is a totally free project. It's our way of giving back to the community. All the hours are donated by EMS providers that are involved. Flight for Life does attend, if possible, that is donated. And the schools and the police, it's all donated. The goal is just to save one kid. If we save one kid from not having an injury or an impact for the rest of their life, that's
0: our goal. And an excellent goal it is. That's Annette Bertelson, Trauma Program Manager for Fredert Hospital. Our thanks to Annette for providing an overview of their forever changed Mock Crash program. In just a few minutes, we'll take you to the scene of one of the program's mock crash sites so you can experience what some area high school students recently did. But first, Dr. Terry Darun Cassini is an assistant professor of trauma and clinical care at Medical College of Wisconsin and the lead investigator of a research study on the efficacy of Frederick Trauma Center's forever changed mock crash program. We had the pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Darun Cassini to discuss her study that's well underway, though not yet completed. She tells us that, based on the Mock Crash program's longevity, about 10 years in our area, it's now time to evaluate whether the program has been truly successful at changing the hearts and minds of teen drivers.
2: The Forever Change Mock Crash Program is a resource-intensive program, as you have heard from Annette Bertelson. and it's this reality-based intervention to try to prevent kids from engaging in risky driving behaviors, like using cell phones or texting while driving, drinking while driving, and and of course encouraging them to use seatbelts. And so, our trauma program has been doing this for a long time. Annette came to me and said, we don't know anything about if this really changes beliefs or behaviors related to driving like we're hoping it is. So, you know, the program's been going on for a number of years, it's about time we evaluate. Is the program benefiting students in the way of changing what they believe they should be doing or shouldn't be doing related to driving? And are they actually changing engagement in those risky behaviors whereby we're seeing a reduction in risky driving behaviors? after the mock crash program.
0: Of course, we know any teen can demonstrate risky driving behaviors, but exactly how common is it? Dr. Darun Cassini says that can be challenging to assess.
2: It's difficult to assess because sometimes there's a response bias when you ask kids. Like, uh, do you text and drive? You ask a 17-year-old that question. They know they shouldn't. (laughs) You ask any kid if they should text and drive, they know they shouldn't. And sometimes they might respond no when actually they do because they know that they shouldn't be doing it. And so the rate of risky driving is difficult to ascertain. What we do know is that 20% of motor vehicle fatalities are adolescent kids, whether they were the ones that perished in the crash or they were the cause of the crash where somebody else was severely injured or died. So 20% of vehicle fatalities are in some way related to an adolescent driver. So whether that adolescent driver was engaging in distracted driving or drinking and driving, those statistics are less clear.
0: So which specific behavior? Behaviors among teen drivers is her study examining.
2: We're looking specifically at first and foremost our kids drinking and driving. Not only are they the drivers, are they driving while drunk or are they getting into cars where other people had been drinking? We're interested in knowing if people are wearing their seatbelts or not and if there's any variability in the reasons why they would or wouldn't wear their seatbelts. And we're also interested in knowing about texting and driving. So we want to know are they willing to text and drive or do they text and drive? And then also are they getting in a car with somebody who's texting and driving and if they were in a car with someone texting and driving would they ask that person to stop texting and then we are actually adding in this new cycle of the study we're asking about overuse of prescription medication and driving
0: and she says that each risky teen driving behavior they're examining in the study is equally concerning
2: whether you're listening to the radio or you're texting you're distracted So from a distraction standpoint, especially the texting while driving and using alcohol, we know affects attention and response time while driving. And we know seatbelts prevent injury. It's hard for me to say which one's the most important. I think they all are because I think they all serve as this risk for injury or conversely can protect against the development of injury after a motor vehicle crash.
0: So exactly how is Dr. Darun Cassini and her team collecting data for the study of the Forever Changed Mock Crash Program?
2: What we're doing is, prior to the mock crash, the juniors and seniors at the high schools where we're going to are getting questions related to engagement in risky driving. These teens don't know that they're getting the mock crash. That's part of the shock value of this reality-based intervention. And so what they're told is that you're going to be asked questions about risky driving. There's researchers at mcw or they're interested in preventing risky driving in teens and they just want to know what your level of engagement is in these and that's what they're told and then after the mock crash a week later we ask them similar questions related to their beliefs and behaviors associated with all these different categories of risky driving and then a month later we ask them the same questions so we would expect that, that one week after you might see this dip in engagement in beliefs or attitudes and maybe behaviors but we want to see if that's sustained
0: the idea of the mock crash program is- to make the scene seem real, very real. We asked Dr. Darun Cassini if it's possible that seeing something like this could be a bit too real. For some teens...
2: It could. We do ask open-ended questions about what is your perception of the impact of this afterwards. We have a qualitative portion to our questions. It might be that people find that it was emotional, but I don't know if that emotionality is a negative thing. I've attended a couple of the mock crashes and observed, and it's very emotional. But I think that emotionality is the intention of the program. Maybe it's that emotionality that allows people to commit to making change in relation to their behaviors.
0: There are more mock crashes to be staged and more teens to be surveyed before data is fully compiled and analyzed and findings published. But ahead of its completion, Dr. Darun Cassini has high hopes for the outcome of her Forever Change study as an intervention and prevention program.
2: As a primary outcome, we're really hoping that we see a change in behavior. It's one thing to affect beliefs, but we really want to see that the teens are committed to changing their behavior based on those beliefs. And so we are really hoping that we see reduction in engagement and risky driving
0: behaviors. And she didn't rule out the possibility and value of a future study of student participants to explore whether there's sustained effectiveness of the program over time,
2: that would be wonderful, and I think that would be a separate study where we could look at many of the students that have seen the Mock Crash now onto college or even beyond. It would take a lot of effort, but it would be neat if we could go back and see if we can find those people who have seen the Mock Crash program, and now that they can reflect on years past the Mock Crash, we could get some very, I think, valuable information from them about if it really had a sustained
0: impact. But while the hope is her study proves the Mock Crash program to be effective, Dr. Daroon. DeRune- Cassini says parents must also take an active role in talking with their teens about risky behaviors, especially when it comes to driving.
2: We're going to probably find that all kids believe that they shouldn't engage in these behaviors, but I think the more crucial piece is having conversations with your kids about when they find themselves in a situation. For example, maybe they're at the party and they had some drinks, and they know that they shouldn't get behind the wheel, but they also know they need to make it home for curfew. What should they do? That backup plan of reaching out to make sure that they can get home safely to prevent that potential injury to themselves or other people. Having those sometimes difficult conversations about in the moment what are different scenarios that they can find themselves in and how to handle that to make that decision to engage in less risky driving behavior would be highly beneficial. This is all about injury prevention, right? We're trying to make it so that injured drivers come here less. <laughs> and that's really one of the big pieces of our trauma center. And it's also a big part of the MCW's Injury Research Center. How can we prevent people from getting injured?
0: That's Dr. Terry Daroon Cassini, Assistant Professor of Trauma and Clinical Care at Medical College of Wisconsin and lead investigator of a research study on Frederick Trauma Center's Forever Changed Mott Crash Program. We appreciate her time. And as a side note, congratulations to Dr. Darun Cassini for recently being named to the Business Journal's 40 Under 40 list of influential people in our community. Up next, our CTS Eye on the Community focuses on bringing you the sights and sounds of a forever changed mock crash scene to share what some area high school students recently experienced. We attended the program when it was conducted for junior and senior students at New Berlin West High School, just ahead of that school's prom. The day starts early for the students who participate in the mock crash as they arrive at a local fire station at 7 a.m. to have makeup applied in making their injuries look serious and real. It was here that we caught up with students playing roles in the mock crash. First, there's Tanner, a senior, who describes, rather matter-of-factly, the very serious role he's playing in the mock crash.
3: I am playing the drunk driver in today's exercise. I'm the guy who causes the crash and comes with the least injuries, but yet has to deal with the fact that I killed a person, paralyzed a person, and I am in jail for the better part of my adult life.
0: His passenger is his friend and classmate, Hannah also a senior.
3: I will be in the car with a drunk driver, and I was not wearing my seatbelts, and I was ejected from the car, and I'm DOA, so I'm dead at the scene.
0: Tanner tells us his decision to participate in today's Mock Crash event was an easy one.
3: Being told, you know, what the program's about and the effect that it could have on the kids in our school, I felt like I would be a fool not to participate, cause if I have a chance to make a good impact on the kids in my school, I'm gonna seize that with both hands.
0: Meanwhile, Hannah has a personal connection that influenced her decision to take part in it.
3: My sister was one of the students that watched it five years ago, last time they did it at New Berlin West, so I knew about the program, unlike a lot of my fellow classmates, and I knew how much of an impact it had on her, so it was a really easy decision for me, knowing how it could affect the community.
0: Fast forward to 9 a.m. in a parking lot adjacent to athletic fields at New Berlin West High School. Two vehicles are staged in a twisted, mangled, head-on collision. The student actors are in place. Tarps cover the entire accident scene until hundreds of students arrive to stand merely a couple yards away. Finally, tarps are removed and new berlin police captain tony pine sets the scene
4: tanner thought he was okay to drive hannah was also at the party and asked tanner for a ride home hannah had not been drinking but did not put on her seat belt after getting into the car with tanner at about 60 miles an hour tanner began to cross the center of the road and lost control of the car swerving into oncoming traffic in the other car jake was driving ray and max home from the baseball game they were on the same road as tanner and hannah jake was on a cell phone texting and was unable to react in time to get out of the way of the oncoming car two cars collided head-on.
0: A desperate, panicked 911 call is made by a witness at the scene.
1: In in front of the New Berlin West High School, there's been a bad car crash. I I can see several people are hurt very bad. Someone is lying across the hood of the car. You've got to hurry up.
0: Um, Hurry up! In what seems like seconds, first responders and emergency vehicles arrive at the accident, adding even more realism to the chaotic scene.
3: To red upon arrival, appears we have one person partially ejected out of the vehicle.
0: As EMTs work to help the seriously injured teens, police take Tanner, the teen who is drinking, into custody.
4: Tanner failed his field sobriety testing and is being placed on arrest for operating while intoxicated. He's being handcuffed and then he's going to be searched by the police. He'll be taken in custody and put into a squad car. He'll be transporting to a hospital for his initial medical treatment and he'll be forced to submit to a legal blood draw, which he cannot refuse. After being medically cleared at the hospital, Tanner will be taken to the police station. will be photographed, fingerprinted, and booked.
0: And over the drone of a generator powering the jaws of life used to extricate teens from the twisted metal, Things turn even more serious as an announcement is made about Tanner's passenger, Hannah.
4: The severe blood loss and head trauma sustained at such high speed, her injuries are grave. There is nothing they can do for her. Hannah is dead.
0: Finally, Flight for Life arrives on the scene and airlifts a victim to the hospital with a broken neck. As the mock crash scene portion of the program concludes, stunned students file back into the school. Along the way, we spoke with Katie, best friend of Hannah, who portrayed the teen killed. In the program,
3: I was terrified. There was a lot of my friends in that. One of them is my best friend. She was on the hood of the car. She's a, also a teammate of mine. Just seeing how real it could have been, it was terrifying. Really hits close to home because there are students that are very well liked in the school and just seeing how it could really happen. I hope everyone else realized it as well.
0: This is John, a friend of Tanner who portrayed the drunk driver.
3: I was taken back by it. It was just kind of weird to see. How surreal the scene was, and then to see my friend Tanner, who was the one who was the drunk driver, got out of the car and was trying to check on everyone, just knowing who he is as a person. I thought that was really indicative of his personality, what he would do, and just seeing him in that situation was really kind of disheartening for me.
0: In the afternoon, an assembly is held where students come to learn about the aftermath of the mock crash. Whereas the crash scene was loud and buzzing with activity from emergency responders, the auditorium is conspicuously silent. On one side of the stage sits Tanner, wearing an orange prison jumpsuit, handcuffed and seated between two police officers. On the other side of the stage, his classmates are seated, bearing the consequences of their crash, injuries ranging from badly fractured legs that will require relearning to walk to a spinal cord injury that will make walking never possible again. And then there's an empty chair. It's there for Hannah, their classmate. Who didn't survive the crash? The students in the auditorium hear from several people, each reinforcing the consequences of drinking and driving, texting and driving, and not wearing seatbelts. Among them, a powerful, tearful message from Hannah's father, raw with emotion. What feels like an empty hole in my chest. What is left is Hannah's story. It's not.
4: It's not long. It's
0: not fun, but it's wonderful. They hear from Dr. Marshall Beckman, a surgeon at Freighter's Trauma Center, who talks about dealing with those who survive accidents and the ones who don't. Injuries, as you can see in front of you, can be
3: extraordinarily
0: life-changing. And the people that you have in front of you, this might be the success. The failure is the one
3: that's not significant. Of all the things that we do, by far and away the hardest thing is to tell a family member that their loved one
0: has died. Finally, they heard from Hannah, their deceased classmate, one last time.
3: Hey, Mom Dad, I love you. Um, I want to say so many things that I never got to say. You gave me everything, every day, and I wish I could repay you for all that you did for me. Please forgive Tanner.
0: With that, the Forever Changed Mock Crash Program ended for these students, but hopefully not the lasting impact from experiencing it. Dr. Terry Darun Cassini's study on the effectiveness of the Forever Changed Program as an intervention and prevention for risky teen driving is ongoing, but for many, there's little doubt about its efficacy. Just ask Tanner and Hannah the two student participants we heard from earlier, about how the experience impacted them.
3: It was extremely emotional. I actually felt like I was the drunk driver that I paralyzed Max, that I killed Hannah. And I kept telling myself, you know, dude, snap out of it. This is fake, and you know it's fake. But yet my heart keeps telling me, no, you screwed up, you screwed up. And it's not a good feeling. The crash scene is what started to make it real, and then this is what drove
0: it home. And Hannah, well, she's probably never been happier to be alive.
3: Hearing my dad talking about his baby girl was really hard. When I came out here, you could see how many faces were affected, and there were people that I don't even know very well, and you saw tears of people who I probably never had conversations with, and you know that it touched them somewhere and that it's going to have a huge impact. It's definitely one of those things where you'll remember for the rest of your life.
0: We hope so, Hannah. We sure hope so. And with that hope, we've reached the end of this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Again, our sincere thanks to today's guests, Annette Bertelson, Dr. Terry Darun cassini and a special thanks to Robin Eide of Fratert Hospital Trauma Center's Injury Prevention Outreach Team, as well as all the emergency responders and New Berlin West High School students and staff who volunteered their time in sharing the Forever Changed program. I hope you've discovered something by listening to today's show, and I'm doubly hopeful that you'll join us again next time. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month, so make an appointment on your calendar to join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Bellmer wishing you happy, healthy, and safe days ahead. For more information about research or to listen to this program online and on demand, please visit the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin website at ctsi.mcw.edu. And be sure to share your knowledge of this show and the CTSI with all of your family members and friends. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, co-produced, and hosted by Brian Dalmer engineered and co-produced by Tom Crawford and Jeremy Kuzniar in collaboration with WMSC Radio. The CTSI and this radio program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.